So this morning, um, before I go into the short message that I um, that I would just, you know, like to share from my heart with us, I would like to conclude a little bit on the on the last one that I did, which was um, focused on learnings from Jesus in the Gospels. You know, um, that particular day, as I was rounding up, a little four-year-old girl woke up and she walked gently to where I was. And as she was doing everything she knew how to do to get my attention, I was also doing everything that I knew how to do to pretend as if I didn't understand her, her body language. You know, there are some children that we have, wonderful children, that they are singular entities, but we refer to them with plural verbs. So for instance, my first instinct that day as she was coming out of the room was to today, as in they have come, they have arrived. Singular entities, but then you use plural verbs for them just by virtue of, of their wonderfulity. <laughs> Pardon my French, hallelujah. But you know, as I finished that day, it just occurred to me that Jesus is not like that. You know, even in the Bible, when they seemingly disturbed a service and the disciples were like, push them back. Where are you coming to? These little children, they will disturb us. Jesus Christ, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was displeased with them. That story is in Mark 10, um, verses 13 to 16. And Jesus Christ said, no, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. Let them come to the word so that when they are older, we're not going to be doing damage control. When the children arrived, you know, it was as if ah, they were going to cause chaos. And rather than just join the other people to push them to the back, Jesus Christ was like, no, let them even come to the front. Let them come to me. Let them have access to me, Jesus, the word. That the word of Christ may dwell in them richly. Let them come to me that the word might have full cause in them. Let them come to Jesus, the word. Give them access. Don't hinder them. Don't push them away. For such as this is the kingdom of God. So that was one other learning that just came to me as I finished speaking that day. And another learning that same day, you know, on Sunday, Pastor Paul talked about Christ being the full expression of God here on earth, that everything Jesus did in his words, in his actions, sort of showed God to us that these are God's expectations of us. These are the kind of things that God will expect us to do. And I remember that, you know, going through the Gospels, I, I mentioned a few the last time. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21, paraphrased, says that Christ is our example. The one we should follow. 
the one we should look at oh the way he treated his neighbors oh the way he treated tax collectors oh the way he treated people that needed to be saved the way he treated the people that were seemingly totally unlovable another example that jumped at me that particular day after the one about the children is that we should you know christ um there was this report about him feeding the thousand i mean feeding the five thousand feeding the seven thousand after a long session in the world and i mean for the people that are doing body meeting that means that whenever we come to your your house you should just feed us home. <laughs> don't mind me body meeting holds in my house as well so now all of us who can come together but Jesus fed the 5,000, Jesus fed the 7,000. And throughout the Gospels, there was this attention that Jesus paid to people who needed care. He said, the poor would always be with you, so be prepared to take care of them. No wonder in the Acts of Apostles, seven tables was part of their ministry. So much so that they had to assign people people especially in charge of serving tables and that just goes to show that whatever we're doing with the yoruba church is very scriptural sincerely we're not doing them a favor when we serve them because christ has already shown us the example of serving people by feeding them he has shown us to follow I mean, in his way, likewise, he has already shown the example. So the next time the benevolence envelope is passed around, or the account number is shared on the screen, please let's make sure that, you know, we just don't overlook. Let's give towards it. Let's do something about it because that is part of the example that Christ has showed us. Is another thing that Jesus has taught us to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father Lord, because our eyes of understanding is enlightened. We know who we are in Christ Jesus, and we not know, only know who we are in Christ Jesus. Thank you because we're divinely assisted to walk in the examples of Christ, to walk in Christ's footsteps, to be totally yielded in our hearts, Lord, to listen to you, to do unto the people around us the way Christ would have done. Because we have the Spirit of God and we know what we need to do at every point in time. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. It's a joyful day and I call it blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. So in the few minutes that I have left, in a similar vein, you know, this was something that was born out of what happened in church on Sunday. It, it really was a wonderful experience for me because one of the things I see or I saw is the need for discipleship, just as Pastor Dari was praying this morning. You know, because people were asking some questions and they were like, ah, so where have you been all this while? What's happening? That it looks as if 
people are not really imbibing and getting these things. So one of the questions that I posed to some children after that experience on Sunday is this, that if someone were to ask you, what is the most important thing to you in your salvation experience? What would it be? What would your answer be? If someone were to ask you, oh, why is this so why is this salvation thing so important to you? Why will you people not let us rest? Always preaching the gospel. What's at the core of this Christian race? What would you say? What would you say? Would it be, oh, the things I have been able to obtain knowing Christ? You know, there is this gospel of that when you come to Christ, all your all your troubles have ceased. Or would it be about the truths that I've learned ever since I came into Christ? Knowing that I am free, knowing that, you know, everything is mine, knowing that healing is mine and all that. Or would it be that I am able to acquire so much just because I know the word? What would it be? It was something I thought about and I felt, ah, truly for me, the core would be in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. And of course, we know the rest. So at the core of anyone's salvation experience, for me, is God's love. The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who he has given unto us. God's love made him give so that we might have eternal life. And I asked the children again that, so what is eternal life? It's amazing the kind of things we discover when we ask questions. And they couldn't answer. And I had to tell them, okay, look at the word eternal. Who is eternal? They said, God is eternal. So what is eternal life? They still couldn't put it together. So I said, okay, eternal life is the life of God. So God loved first, first and first and first is God's love. Then that love made him give. And that giving has given us access to eternal life, which is the life of God himself. So at the core of all that we do on our pilgrim's journey here on earth is God's love. And that's the first thing we need to make people realize is the fulcrum from which we operate is it's pivotal to everything else that we do. More than any material thing, deep, deep, deep at the core is that love that did not consider all the things that were unlovable about us. And he gave himself, God gave himself to us. Such awesome thing. 
God gave himself to us that we might have him, his life living on our inside. I remember one of the questions Reverend read on Sunday as well, you know, where somebody was asking that, um, how come unbelievers are doing better than us? Matthew 6 from verse 25 to the end makes us realize that those things, those things that people are focusing on, that even we sometimes focus on, are additions to what is really the core, which is his love. That made him pay the price for all men, even when they were seemingly unlovable. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 to 19 says that, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your endless conduct received by traditions from your fathers or mother translation says that from your ancestors. And verse 19 says, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spots. So we were redeemed by that which is incorruptible. We were not redeemed by that which is corruptible. So how shall we now expect that we will be sustained by the corruptible? We were redeemed by love. We were redeemed by the special blood of Christ, not something corruptible. So all these issues about material things, they don't even come to into the picture initially. Initially, at the core, is God's love. And that's what we tell people. God loves you. It's because of his love for you that he died. And then because of that sacrifice, you now have access into the eternal life of God, which is in you. We were redeemed by that which is not corruptible. So our life in Christ cannot be sustained by that which is corruptible. We can only be sustained by the life of God himself. So every day we wake up, we are conscious of this life of God on our inside. Like I told those students, you know, it's impossible for anybody to come in contact with a live wire and the person will not feel the impact. We can't come in contact with the life of God and our life will remain the same. And that's where the addition comes in. You know, that latter part in, the, in Matthew chapter 6 says, God knows, he knows, he knows that we have need for all these things. But let us put first things first. And not go after that which is the addition. God knows, he knows our need for housing, he knows our needs for clothing, he knows our need for the jobs, he knows our needs for everything. And they are important to them as well because they make us happy. 
But we need to align and become mature in Him and allow His work to fully finish, to fully find expression in our lives. And let's not begin to put all those things that the Almighty God Himself has said is the addition to be our major. Jesus Christ said, Love is the first and greatest of all the commandments. And you know, just like all the other learnings from Jesus in the gospel, this is like the summary of it all. Love. He said, all the law and all the prophets hang on this, this love that is real, that is not fecal. Hallelujah. This love that God wants us to daily express to people in our families, to people at our places of work. You know, you can just imagine Jesus Christ around at this time in your place of work. What are the things that you would do differently? Jesus around at this time in our church. What are the things that he would do differently? Love came down. You know, that's, that used to be one of my favorite games. Love came down at Christmas. Love came down. And that love is now in us. And what does God expect us to do with it? What does God expect us to do with the love that he has given unto us? That love that is born out of that which is incorruptible. As I round up this morning, I ask again, what is at the core of your salvation experience with God? Is it God himself? Or is it something else? Or is it someone else for that matter? Let us ponder on this deeply as we go out today. Let's come back to the heart of worship. Who's at the core of my salvation experience? God's love. It's all about Jesus. That song says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. The heart of worship is Jesus. It's not even about the music. It is Jesus. And you know, as much as like Reverend Badi will say, even in a place like Lagos has its challenges, but sincerely it doesn't change the facts that God is at the core of our salvation experience and we should never shift our focus from that. Hallelujah. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for sharing your time this morning. God be with us. God bless us. May his word 
continue to open up more and more before us that we continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our lord and savior and our relationship with him is deepened day by day because at the heart of our salvation experience is the love of god thank you for listening god bless all of us have a great day bye bye